Yo, what's going on, everybody? It is one o'clock here in Crystal Lake, Illinois. That means it's time for another live stream. Today is Friday. We made it to Friday. It's the end of the week, August 26, 2022. And guess what? I'm on day 22 of wearing this Carlos Vertex 2 watch, and the battery just will not die. Uh, I've been running every day. I think I took a rest day on Monday. But of the 22 days I've had this watch, I think I've had 21 days of running. M not mapping every day, but mapping a lot. And this thing still at 11%. I think I've got maybe another four or five days that I can go on this watch. It's just absolutely incredible. But we're here. Hopefully you guys are doing okay out there in podcast land. The weather in Crystal Lake was fantastic this morning. We've got the windows open like all day today at the house. So it's really nice and balmy. Hopefully it is where you guys are too on your run. And everyone watching this on YouTube, but not live, welcome to you guys as well. Hopefully you're having a good day. Hopefully it's like a evening time on Friday after work, but before you're doing whatever it is you're gonna do the rest of the evening, it's a little bit of a in-between time. Or maybe this is what you're doing for the evening and just relaxing. It's been a long week. It's been hard on everybody. So that's okay too. All right, let's see who we got in the chat here. All right, we've got Frank that wants to know, is Killian actually wearing his new shoes? Yeah, you know what? I've been seeing all the UTMB coverage, uh, on mainly on Twitter, a little bit on um, Instagram, and very, very little on TikTok a little bit as well. Um, but I haven't, the, the thing is, I've been following what everyone's posting, but I've been watching actually very little of the races. I know it should probably be the other way around, but it's been a pretty hectic couple of days for me here. But yeah, I don't know if he's wearing his new shoes. Um, and Frank also says that um, it looks like Jim in front of Paul right now. The last tweet I just saw uh, as I finished talking about how I haven't been following races, I did see that Jim is in the lead right now. And like um, I was looking at the tweet. It was I Run Far that just tweeted it out. And uh, it was a photo of Jim with like, he had, he had like a, one of those trail shirts that has a zipper, I think. But he had a zipper all the way down. It was almost like to the belly button. And I'm like, oh, that's what happens when you live in Europe for like three months. The shirt zipper goes much further down than it does here in the United States. Uh, I guess that's the Euro version of a uh, t-shirt with a bunch of holes punched in it for Jim. <laughs> uh, although Eliza says, uh, I see it as Pal, Killian, Zach, and Jim right now. So things could be changing quickly. Uh, all right. Uh, Ines says, hi, Kofuzi and everyone. Just in from a first run in the Mach 5. So far, very good. I'm glad you like that one. I almost ran in that shoe today. I was really looking for it. Um, I needed another recovery day after yesterday's long run. Um, but I ended up going to a place where there was going to be a little bit of gravel, some dirt road. So I thought maybe that wouldn't be the best choice for today. I ended up running in the Cloud Monsters again, uh, which we talked a little bit about yesterday. Um, it was a pretty decent choice. I had a good run. It was really beautiful weather. So it would have been very hard to have a bad run on a day like today. Um, but I'm glad you're liking the Mach 5. I need to get back in that shoe. That's a really good one. A really good one. Uh, Ron Tommy says, let's go cross-country season. Speaking of that, my daughter had her first cross-country meet yesterday. Um, and it was my wife's first cross-country meet that she had ever seen in person, or I guess in any, any way, in person or I guess broadcast on TV. Um, but yeah, so we get to this place. It's an hour away, middle of nowhere, uh, inside this like nice little park. Uh, the parking is all in like a big grass field, the end of which is an archery range. No one was shooting arrows at the time, but there's an archery range back there. Um, and I see all the kids like lined up in the big line and I'm like, oh, I wonder if our coach warned her about the big crush. Cause I could see the kids all lined up 
hundreds of kids, maybe not hundreds, maybe a hundred kids. And then I could see across caddy corner all, all the way across the field, like a little narrow opening in the trees with two cones in there. And I'm like, I hope she knows that like, there's going to be a crush of people going through there. Um, and I was like, you know, she's in this meet was fifth through eighth grade. And so like she, this is her first cross country meet ever. Um, she's in fifth grade. And so I'm like, ah, she's not really going to need to race ahead to get good position in the woods. So I'm like, it's probably fine. But um, she had no, my, my daughter had no idea. Apparently coach did not prepare them for, for the crush of the start. Um, but it was, it was pretty awesome. It was very exciting. Uh, my daughter did well. I think she, she doesn't know how far she ran. I think it was a two mile loop course. I didn't get to see the map or anything. I think it was a two mile course. Uh, and she came in at about 21 and a half uh, on official time based on me looking at the clock. So um, I think that's about what she ran. And I was thinking that she'd run somewhere between 23 to 25 for the two miles. So feeling good about that. The season is very, very young. Some Half of those schools weren't even in school yet. So I was like, that's how early we are in the season. But that's that's where, that's where my cross-country news from um, the from, from the junior high school circuit in, uh, in McHenry County. So in case you needed that, I mean, I feel like I got the scoop on the news here. Right. Is there anyone else? This this is a worldwide exclusive. There is no other YouTube live stream of uh, McHenry County Junior High School cross country. This is it, guys. You guys are getting it. <laughs> um, Eric Dorad said, very cool. Congrats uh, on your daughter. Eliza said, yeah, she did well. Yeah, she had a really good time. Um, afterwards, she was like, Daddy, my stomach really hurts. Is that normal? I'm like, yes. And I'm like, did your arms burn at the end too? She's like, like the whole time. I'm like, yeah, those are all normal. That's how it's supposed to be. Isn't that great? And she's like, what? I'm like, you'll feel like it's great in about like 30 minutes. <laughs> and she did, she did really, she did really enjoy it. Um, yeah, you know, I, I was there and after the junior high school, then there was a high school meet afterwards. So then as like we were wrapping up and like the junior high school kids were being like dismissed, um, the, uh, the high school girls also ran a two mile course, I think as well. And they, they were getting sent out like as my family was leaving. And then I think after that would have been the boys. And so, um, yeah, there was a lot of kids there and I was like, I don't think that like, I mean, high school kids, um, are not really my demographic on YouTube, but I feel like, you know, some shoes, you know, I feel like the ones that videos, they get a lot of views. I think that high school kids might see him too. So, um, yeah, uh, Stevie 76 says, wow, your dad is Kofuzi. No one has put that together yet. No one has asked that uh, yet. And, and I did have my big camera. I had my like marathon chaser kit. I had my big camera with the telephoto lens. And then I had my GoPro on the selfie stick. And I did chase my daughter around the course a little bit um, with the GoPro. Uh, and I got some photos of the um, some of the leaders from the race too. Um, I'm not, not going to be sharing that on, 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 in social media, but, uh, I did get some of that, but no one, no one was like, Hey, I recognize no one did that yet. We'll, we'll see if anyone does it. my, my, my odds are more, I, I give like three to one odds. No one's going to recognize me the entire season. I'm just, you know, that kid's dad. So. <laughs> um, Steven Lung wants to know what shoes did she wear? She wore they they make kids version of the Nova Blast too. So she wore those on the course. I was worried because it had rained all night before and it had sprinkled rain as we were driving over. I mean, my wife uh, and I and the baby, we all drove over 
I mean, my daughter took the bus, but like we, we drove over and it was raining on the way. So I was worried that it was going to be muddy. And I was like, oh, I should have got her some trail shoes. Um, some of the older junior high school kids had actual cross country spikes in. So I was like, all right. So she wouldn't be like the weirdo out here with like special grip, but she said she was fine on it. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Junior high school cross country is amazing. It's so amazing. It's fun. Um, Martha says, great start with your daughter. Congrats to her. Thanks so much, Martha. Yeah, she she had fun out there. She had some friends that she was running with, and she had some friends that she was like, did you see this girl come in? And I was like, uh, which one is that? Um, there's like 50 kids on their cross-country team. Because um, it's one of the only sports that fifth graders can do at the school. And so uh, there's a bunch of kids there. And I was like, I don't know which one that is. Huh? You're going to have to be more specific. And she's like, well, she's like my, my height and blonde. I'm like, you're going to have to be way more specific. That's like that's like three quarters of the kids on your team. You know that? Uh, and she's like, oh, okay. Oh, I see her. <laughs> so she went off. So she was very interested to see, like, where did her friends come in and all that stuff. So it was good. She's being a good little teammate, good cross-country runner. So, yeah. <laughs> Ron Tommy says, I need to get her some dragonflies. I think I'm going to let her kind of lay low on the radar for a little bit. Um, I have I, today. I told her to wear her other running shoes. She got a pair of Nike somethings at like Famous Footwear or something like that. Um, I was like, "You got to rotate your shoes. You can't just wear the same shoes every day." She's like, "Okay, all right." <laughs> um, yeah, and Wilfredo says, "What's up, Cohesions?" And we all know that little coat will be well prepared for all weather conditions. You know, I mentioned to her today. I'm like, I don't know what your coach is gonna assign for running, but he'll probably have you run at least once over the weekend. If you want, we can go together. And she's like, "I think I'm good. I'm just gonna run around the neighborhood a couple of times." So she's already like done with me, I guess. <laughs> so they grew up so fast. <laughs> oh man. And it says we might need another shoe rack in the Kofuzi household. Yeah, yeah. It was funny because the baby was has made a friend. She's first grade. She made a friend with a girl that lives down the street. And we kind of like walk past her house to get to the bus stop. And then we usually see them coming out of the house. Uh, and they were just talking about like uh, their parents' shoes. And the baby was like, my dad has so many more shoes than my mom. And so she's just telling telling all our business to the whole neighborhood. <laughs> It was really funny. Jonathan Crosley says, I still have memories from middle school cross country races. Good time. Awesome. That's awesome. I don't I don't think that the I mean, maybe I didn't do it. Maybe I didn't participate. But like I don't remember there being cross country for junior high school. I did track in junior high, but I was so bad at it. It wouldn't be a surprise if the track coach was did not like invite me to be in cross country too. You know? I never I never did it. I did cross country in high school, but but not in junior high. But it was fun. I mean, they had like bibs and stuff too. Um, so it was pretty, pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was nice. Uh, Martha says, I'm picturing a Mont Blanc size pile of running shoes near the front door. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm constantly going. I mean, you know what? I feel like I'm going to be much better prepared for hilly races because not only is it a little bit hilly here, all the runs that I do, it's a little bit more, a lot more elevation than I normally, not, it's not hilly by any means, but a lot more elevation than I would get in Chicago along the lakefront. But also I'm going up and down, I'm in the basement now, and then I'm going upstairs, so that's where a lot of the shoes are as well. And I'm taking the kid, like the kids never put their shoes away. I'm constantly going up and down stairs. So I feel like, <laughs> does my leg work out? Like a um, stay-at-home dad, quad workout just going up and down the stairs a whole bunch cleaning up everybody's shoes 
All right. Speaking of shoes, um, one thing I want to do today on camera, we had the video about the super comp trainer. So if anyone came here with questions about the super comp trainer, maybe it's your first time, uh, drop a couple of emojis in your comment in the chat. Uh, that helps me find it easier. Uh, and I'll be happy to answer any questions or if we got any other running shoe questions. But one of the things I want to do is today uh, weigh the shoes, not that they've dried out a little bit more. Just because I thought it was weird that New Balance used like a size, like 11 for their reference weight for the Super Comp Trainer, as if to make it seem heavier than it was. So yesterday, soaking wet right after my run, it was 11.1 ounces. Dried it out for half a day, it was 10.7. Now it's pretty much dry. It just feels a little cold, not damp, but like it feels cold, so maybe it's damp, but let's see what it is now. It's been like more than 24 hours since my last run. Holy crud. Wait, that's not right. 10.1 ounces now. It's a lot lighter than I thought it was gonna be. Let's weigh it again. No, here we go. Another weight. You used to have to weigh things for a living. So you take five weights, you discard the top and bottom. 10.1, 10 10.3. 10.3. Let's rotate it around again. 10.2. Um, so I'm gonna say like 10.3, 10.2, wow is the dry weight for the super comp trainer not really not bad for a 47 millimeter sack height shoe so that's where we're at um cranky oat says do you think that high-end shoes is good because it's good or because the hype that makes you think it's good well i mean there is certainly a placebo effect i think that's something that a lot of people are talking about right now not so much clinicians but people that are reporting on medical studies uh talk about a lot is placebo effect you know, I mean, if you think about placebo effect, it's strong enough to mirror if it's not a properly blinded study. Some people can, because of the placebo effect, um, experience physiological changes that are as strong as high end pharmaceuticals. Right. So like that is a known like kind of phenomenon. And some people like, you know, are pushing even further, saying like we need to figure out a way to harness placebo effect instead of thinking of it as noise. How do we think of it as therapeutics, right? So there's all that kind of like thing. Um, but I, I think that there's a difference in high-end shoes. So if you run in shoes that are not high-end and then switch to a high-end shoe and then, or, you know, go back and forth, I think you'll know the difference. I think the question, Cranky Oat, that you're probably really wanting to know, your real question is, is it worth it? Which is a much different question, I think, because then you're, inserting a price value subjective uh, into there, um, which is an individual question based on an individual person's kind of like finances and things that they value. So uh, opportunity costs of money spent on shoes versus other things. So there's a lot of else things that go in there. But is there a difference between high-end shoes and budget shoes? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, one thing that I'd love to be able to do is i don't know how i would do it either um is and we did something similar to this when i was in san luis obispo with running warehouse a really fun video will be coming out i don't know exactly when because sometimes they shoot stuff and then it's like oh six months later there's the video i think that just they plan they sprinkle their content throughout the year but we shot this super fun video that's somewhere along this line but something that i would love to be able to do that takes the video that we did shoot 
even further is blind like shoe test. I would need to have someone like put on a shoe on my feet for me um, and then tie them up and stuff so I couldn't touch the shoe to figure out what it was. Sorry, I'm fidgeting. If there's something near my me when I'm talking, I'll fidget. Um, but I'd love to be able to like have someone put a pair of shoes on me blindfolded and then figure out a way that I didn't look down but could still run like a lap around a track maybe. Uh, maybe like kind of like with the uh, blind athletes, have someone running next to me with like a like a tether on, you know, like a handcuff kind of thing. So I could see if I could tell which, if I could identify which shoe a shoe was. And if I couldn't identify exactly what shoe it was, how much do I think it costs kind of thing, you know, or should it cost? So, I mean, that I think it's a very interesting question. My answer to that is absolutely. There is a difference. And it's not just because it's hyped. Because I talk about all the time, uh, you know, I make, I make YouTube thumbnails. So like when I did Ultra Vanished Carbon, you got to always have kind of like a, a thought-provoking title. So Vanished Carbon is the most underrated shoe, right? And then last year with the Boston 10, Adidas' most confusing shoe or Midi's most misunderstood shoe. So like, you know, like there's definitely um, something to be said for trying to look through the hype but it's also something we're aware exists but you know we try to cut through it and you know who will never let us simply buy into hype people in the audience so um i mean just look at today for example i did the shoe the super comp trainer so many people are like that's just a tall shoe that's a gimmick even though like i spent the entire video talking about why i don't think the height is a gimmick um interesting side note most of the people commenting that the height is a gimmick are people that will expressly say in that comment that they never tried the shoe. But, you know, that's a side note. That's a commentary on YouTubeism. But, um, you know, so it's something that we think about in kind of in this space. Um, all right. So a lot of people are giving us conflicting reports on terms of what's happening at UTMB. Andrew says that super early, but Jim is leading. Eliza said that he was not. But, you know, I think it's it's early, right? I think. I'm not sure. Um, it, is, <laughs> it says, first cause crunchy. They used to get an old minibus with a kid holding the back door closed to the woods and had to run back to school. That was a cross country. That's amazing. <laughs> I don't know if that's a joke, but I could also see it being very true. So, yeah. Um, Jonathan Crosley says, Co, I know you tend to like the high-tech shoes. Industry seems to have gone that way in general. Uh, but do you think it'll swing back to more moderate stacks in the next few years? I think, yes, absolutely. Um, but not because of like preference changes so much. I think that it will be because of technology changes. So like, I don't like high stack for the sake of high stack. I like high stack because it enables certain running sensations that I want. So when we're talking about like the super comp trainer, it's got, it makes room for that energy arc, that weird, super aggressive slope of the carbon plate, that channel in the inside that kind of creates that squish, like a giant basically bubble to run on. Um, so like the height creates that, right? And then like the the height in other super squishy foams um, and allows for the compression and so think of it like crumple zones in a car that helps you survive a car crash. It minimizes the impact force. Force equals mass times acceleration kind of thing. Um, if you 
increase the amount of time it takes for the impact to slow down rather than slapping down versus squishing down, um, that reduces the impact forces, right? You need squishy foams, you need travel to do that. Think about like a, um, a stunt person jumping off a building into a big giant, like big pillow kind of thing. It's super high and tall and dense and they fall in really fast. So it compresses, you need the distance for the materials to work. I think as materials advance, we'll be able to do that with less, same effect with less of it. So that way the shoes will get lighter um, and still stay just as squishy. So, I mean, that's, I think where things are going, but until like there's more material sciences advances, shoes are just gonna get bigger. Um, they'll get bigger, they'll get lighter. Uh, I think consumers, part of it is consumers like, oh, it's more foam, lighter weight. That's a great combo, right? But I also feel like if there's a way to give the same feeling, same amount of foam, but it's even lighter in weight, you know, then that also works for me too. But it's just, you know, we got to, they got to work on the physics of it. So I think it'll swing back, but not because of a, it's not like bell bottoms versus slim fit jeans that the just preferences change. I think that what people want is always like a better running sensation and improving the amount of foam or the kind of foam will, will enable that. So that's kind of my prediction of it. But, you know, I'm taking into account that material science advances will happen into that. So who knows if that's actually true. Um, all right. So that was a side rant. Um, Aziz John Sharvoff says, Adidas Primax versus this New Balance shoes, which do you recommend? I think it depends on what you want, Aziz John. So um, the Adidas Primax has more of a racer feel to it. And so, like, I definitely prefer it for workouts. Kind of hate it for easy-paced running. Um, because it's just not built for that. Um, the new, the Primax is built for four foot loading. So for me, when I'm doing threshold paces, when I'm doing marathon work, that's where the shoe really shines. And I feel like I can run in a straight line, set it and forget it speed forever. It's awesome. Um, this shoe is a little bit different, um, in that like, it's kind of, they both meet, they overlap in terms of the Venn diagram at kind of marathon pace, but I think it does easy paces a lot better. And it's a very different shoe when you get to faster paces. And so, um, it's almost kind of like there's two shoes in one with this one. I try not to call too many shoes mullet shoes. Cause I, it's my like kind of go-to thing to do for shoes, but it's kind of like that speed in the front recovery shoe in the back. Um, and so there's a little bit different in terms of what you want. So I will recommend a different shoe depending on what you want. That's what it comes to it. The Adidas Primax though is one of my favorite shoes of all time because it's just so much fun. It's, 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 a, it's a crazy bonker shoe. It doesn't make sense. It makes people mad um, <laughs> because I don't know. This is the, hall, the, the, hall, the tall stack height just gets people incensed for some reason. Uh, but it's so much fun to run it. I love it. Um, so, uh, and that's a hard shoe to beat, I think. Um, but the SC trainer is not exactly like a Primax, nor do I think it's really supposed to be a competitor. But like I said in the video, there's a spectrum between like Bondi X, like Bondi X, Puma Deviate, SC trainer, Primax in terms of like super tall stack height shoes that are used for racing or could be used for racing. It's still illegal, but could be used for racing. And super tall stack height shoes that are used for basically max cushion, like easy running purposes, you know? So there's a spectrum, I think. Um, all right. 
<laughs> Frank says we need a double blind study with people running without being able to see their feet. <laughs> um, I mean, when you think about the way people tell you to run, they tell you to look, I mean, look ahead of you, right? So, I mean, like you shouldn't be looking down. I think all it would take would be kind of like the reverse of like, uh, like there's rock, there's a thing called rock climbing glasses. I don't, Frank, I don't know if, I don't remember, have we talked about, do you rock climb? But I see them and usually it's like the old guys at the rock climbing gym that wear them. And while they're like belaying, uh, you, a lot of times they're kids. Um, rather than look up at the climber, there's these glasses with mirrors that, so you could look straight ahead, but the mirrors will show you what's up above you. So you don't have to crack your neck back. Um, they just need glasses like that, that you can run in, but with, maybe without mirrors, just so you can't see your feet below you. But so that way you could still see ahead. That's what I need. <laughs> so I could do this study. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Martha, for, for the blind study, they could put one of those things like dogs where so they don't lick their wounds. Adam does a dog cone of shame. <laughs> can you imagine running around? Can you imagine running around a track with that? Or if you had a lab study, um, and you just had like twelve people running around a track with cones on. I mean, the cones might actually work because they would stay on. They'd be big enough that they wouldn't stay on. They wouldn't fall off even while running. Like glasses might kind of shake off. Um, and you could cut them so that way you could still see ahead. You just couldn't see your shoes. <laughs> that would be really funny. Very funny. Uh, Alana Yildirzma says, uh, yo, Mike, any interest in reviewing Carhu shoes? Carhu? Maybe the Carhu Iconi? I saw them at Fleet Feet, but haven't any luck finding any good reviews. Yeah, I I think Carhu is an is from my understanding is an international brand, but they are licensed in the U.S. to be sold only as a Fleet Feet in store brand. I think that's the story on Carhu. Um, I've just never been that interested in them, so I don't I don't know. Um, I mean, I think that's one of the ways. I mean, we've been talking about hype this whole live stream. I think that's one of the ways that like hype kind of like is helpful in that it kind of like gives a sense of like what is piquing people's interest. Um, I mean, I know a lot of hype generates from the manufacturer side, um, but like simply throwing money at marketing doesn't always equal to hype, you know? And so like there requires a bit of word of mouth. And it just, I think what's interesting is that no one's really talking about them. It's been around for a while. So it just kind of was like, uh, is this something they're really pushing? I didn't know that they still made them or that they still sold them at Fleet Foot, Fleet, Fleet Feet, but I don't know. I think if someone sent me a pair, I would try, I would try them, but I'm not probably not going to go and buy them myself. It's kind of where I'm at. Mm. Calvin Huang says, yo, go snoozy. What's going on, Calvin? Good to see you. Um, all right. Steven Lung said, I had my first run in the super comp trainers yesterday and wow, I found my new go-to shoe in marathon training. Yeah. So I mean like, um, well, I see Steven, you got a new balance shoe in your, uh, avatar photo. So I feel like this is probably up your alley. Um, if you're a new balance fan, but like, um, New Balance markets it as like a high mileage shoe. And it kind of makes me think about like in the way that like I had the interview with Dakota Linworm and she didn't love the Puma Velocity, even though that's like the daily trainer. Um, she prefers the Puma Eternity, which is more of like, which is a stability shoe. It's a higher stack stability shoe. And that's the one that she likes because it's like she's running a lot of miles. Um, 
easy miles in air quotes because her easy miles are fast, but easy miles for her. Um, and she just uses that to load them, load up the, load up the legs. She says she uses them for, I don't know if like sometimes even I forget to change the shoe that you did for a workout in Strava, but it looks like she's doing like threshold repeats in her Puma eternities, you know, and stuff like that too. So like, you know, it depends on the runner. You might have one shoe that you can do everything in. Um, I do think that like this could be a, a daily trainer for someone that's doing high mileage. Um, so even people that are like, maybe you live primarily near roads and you're getting ready for an ultra marathon that might be in the trails. So you might log a lot of road miles. Like I feel like this could really work because there's just so much in, in the heel for this shoe and in the midfoot. You know, so I feel like for whoever's high mileage, I think it could work as a daily trainer. I, I, I just feel like it gets really firm in the forefoot because of the way that the plate comes down. And so I don't think that I would love it for a lot of easy miles. But for the run I had yesterday, I mean, yesterday's run was a struggle for me. But that was hydration and nutrition related. But like, um, and my feet actually felt pretty good. So like it, it could work as like a daily trainer, but I mean, you know, I'm trying not to like recommend like super high stack height plated shoes as daily trainers, but if people want to use it that way, I think it could totally work. So, um, but I also think from New Balance, like, you know, we'll see what the Rebel 3, I think that comes out soon. I did look yesterday, by the way, guys, uh, on someone mentioned that it's available on running on Roadrunner Sports. And unless like they changed it since the live stream yesterday, I did look at it, I think this morning, and it's a pre order situation. So I mean I'm hoping that the um Rebel three is the daily trainer that I want finally want from New Balance. I've talked to a couple of people who have had it for a while and they're like, uh, I don't know if they're like, I think I like it as a daily trainer, like that person, but they don't know if I, Kofuzi, would like it as a daily trainer. So we'll see um, what New Balance has left for us this year. But yeah, I mean, I could see a lot of people using this multiple times per week. All right. Jason Dahl's here. What's, good? What's going on, Jason? Good to see you again. He says, hey, everyone. Glad to be able to make one of the streams. Next week is my peak for Berlin training. Starting to get close, which seems insane. It not it? Isn't it crazy? Like people are talking about like it's less than 10 weeks out from New York, right? Is that right? I, that sounds wrong. Um, and it's like six weeks out from Chicago too. Berlin's like the weekend before Chicago this year, isn't it? So it's like, I mean, it's, and it's usually the, that close together. Like I've talked to a lot of people. I meet them like, you know, like running out on the course that have done like the Berlin and Chicago kind of double. And it's basically like one giant trip. You know, um, I would love to be able to do it someday, but good luck, Jason. I'm jealous. Sounds awesome. How you feeling? You must be really deep into the marathon training. Um, Kit says the SC trainer high stack reminds me of the tempo next. I think that tempo next might've been pretty similar in stack height to this. I don't think anyone ever got a, like a firm number from Nike in terms of what the tempo next stack height was. But I think the consensus was that this is definitely over 40 millimeters, um, which is the world athletics upper limit. Um, and so like in theory, it kind of is like a, it's built like a tempo next percent. 
Um, hey, has Ben Parks reviewed this shoe? Ben Parks loved the Tempo Next Percent. I, I got to go check to see if he's reviewed the shoe. I, I get the sense that he would probably love it um, because it's kind of has the same idea. Super high cushion in the back, although the Tempo Next, it was React foam. And then squishy foam still in the front, but with the air, uh, the Zoom Air Pockets, the giant ones in the Tempo Next. So, I mean, it kind of is built similarly. Um, the Tempo Next Percent didn't quite have the channel that the Energy Arc has, but it did kind of have a little bit of a little scallop. So, you know, there. Um, all right. Is this? Oh, Affluent Journeys. Mike Lukens. All right. Now choose my real name. Cool. There you go. Good to see you. Is that a new? This is a new, like, logo. Oh, here we go. It's a new logo over here, too. That's a different than the one that you have before. But good to see you. Um, Andrew's giving us live updates from uh, UTMB. He says, Sage Canada is having a nice start sitting in the mid-30s. You know what result I did see and took very close note of? Well, not that close because I don't know what place he came in. But I did see that um, Stephen Gonoza, serious runner, finished OCC. Was it OCC? Yeah, the 50K. So he finished that yesterday. He was looking good. He's coming in pretty hot uh, in the finish. He was looking strong. And I'll just, I wanted to like comment on it. I'm like, no, that's not Steven Gonoza. Steven Gonoza wears a tracksmith singlet. But, you know, I didn't want to like, I know he wanted to run it not as serious runner. He wanted to run it as Steven Gonoza. So um, I think I just said congratulations. I got to make sure I actually said anything if not just liked it. But yeah, so that's kind of what I've been. Um, I, I follow the people that I, I know, I guess. I don't really know. I don't know that many of the UTMB um, competitors. Um, yeah, but have you guys, been, you know, it's been, uh, I've been seeing almost as much as the UTMB coverage is um the like the anti-utmb cover not it's not anti-utmb coverage but there's been a lot of tweets going around from running media a lot of whom people that i don't know that i can't say that i know but i've either interacted with quite a bit online or have met at other like events as media um and so there's a lot of people that are like it's okay if you're not at utmb you know it's like you're still a runner if you're not in chamonix right now so like whoever's running the media activations well i think it's not any one entity because i see a lot of on over there i see a lot of hoka i mean hoka's dominating because it's a hoka event now um at utmb so i've been seeing that i've been seeing a lot of journalists um that are over there uh that are being brought over by brands and stuff so there's a lot of media activations that are happening so there's a lot of like attention being paid there. And so then there's a lot of like the discussion of um, is this a bad idea to pay so much attention to one and not so as much attention to other um, events. I feel like this is a conversation that happens anytime that there's a spotlight on any one event. Um, it hap I think the same conversation happened about World Athletics in Eugene. And so I'm like, you know what? For the people that are over there, have a great time. Don't feel bad. I feel like there's some people that are not there that are trying to make the people that are over there feel bad about being there. And I'm like, no, just enjoy it. Uh, take it all in. Become like, you know, inspired by what you see and bring that excitement back to your community. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's how I feel about it. Um, so I think it's awesome the way that people are um, getting excited about UTMB. But yeah. Mm.
Martha says, I hope Sage has a great UTMB after what he's been through. I mean, yeah, I hope so too. I really hope so. Um, <laughs> and it says, no joke about the cross country in the minibus. Someone fell out when we stopped and the back door flew open once. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm assuming they're okay. Because if they got hurt, that's not funny. But that is really funny. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Cross country in, in, in the UK just hits different, I think. <laughs> oh, amazing. Uh, Jay Bringo says, can you compare the super comp against the more version three for slow paces and or brisk walking? So I think that the super comp difference is that it feels different throughout the entire shoe, right? So I kind of was hinting earlier that it's a little bit of a mullet where the back is really soft and squishy because they have that catapult pop from the rearward to kind of fling you forward. And then in the front, it rolls nicely because there's geometry and the way that the plate is in there. Um, so you get pushed off into your next step. It's very much designed for a running gait. Because um, think about like the way that like, um, like something, if you squish it, like think, imagine you're squishing like slime, like, you know, like the slime that kids make, you squish it, it comes back like at a certain, its own schedule, right? So there's over time. Um, I think that the way that the super comp trainer, and I might be overthinking it, but I think that the way the super comp trainer is designed, it's not going to be like working as intended at walking paces or standing around that kind of thing. Um, that's where I do think that the more version three is going to be a little bit better suited for it because it's using a different foam. It's not relying on carbon for any of the bounce or stability. It's relying on foam and like kind of the geometry and structural integrity of that different foam, which is a little bit heavier, but also a little bit thicker and a little bit more um, responsive. So like when it bounces back, it bounces back a little bit quicker. Fuel cell squishes and responds, but it does it very quickly, which makes it great for racing. Um, the Fresh Roll Max, I feel like, is more muted, you know, um, and so, but it's still a very soft and bouncy foam just in a kind of, it's a different kind of bounce, like racquetball versus tennis ball, tennis ball. I'm not sure which one is which in this analogy metaphor. So for, for, for slow paces or brisk walking, I'd probably lean more towards the more version three. Um, because I think that like, uh, I like it a little bit more in the forefoot in terms of comfort than I like the, the super comp trainer in the forefoot. So if you're not trying to like get in a running workout in it, you know, I think I would lean towards some more version three for your use case. Um, Affluent Journeys, we are going back and forth. You got your regular one and the old one. Is it fair to make New Balance Nova Blast 3 the shoe of the year when nobody can get it? Um, no one complained when I said the, the first next percent was shoe of the year and nobody can get it. So, I mean, I, don't, I think there's a precedent. If we're going to go by precedent, um, that that's okay. Um, and also it's kind of my way of kind of like staking my claim as a reviewer and trying to scoop the other <laughs> reviewers and saying that this shoe is good. I'm not just hopping on the bandwagon. I'm not dogpiling. I'm ready to say it, that I think it's the shoe of the year. I've run in it enough that, and I've run in, uh, enough shoes this year and keeping in mind, there are some shoes that still haven't come out, you know, that might be great. Um, that could possibly take it, but I'm also taking a bit of a risk by doing that in, when did I make the call? August, something like that, July? I think it was early August. 
that I made the call. Um, when I made the um, Vaporfly Next Percent, the shoe of the year, that was like April of that year. And I don't think I was wrong for that year. It was a really good shoe. Um, so that's kind of my take on it is when you know, you know, um, it's not like, uh, you know, major league baseball MVP. I don't need to have the RBI stats, um, first before I can justify my decision, you know? So that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, Luke Klein tried on the SC trainer yesterday, super stack, nice and comfy too. I like the upper. It just keeps cutting me in the top front of my foot. It did that again yesterday too. Um, I just need longer socks, I think. But yeah, it's comfy. Um, yeah, it's a good one. Mm, well, Ferda says, uh, with all the different stack cuts you run in, have you found a sweet spot drop and height? Um, see, here's the thing about stack heights. I love talking about them, but I think people get too obsessive over. I mean, it's ironic that I keep saying like some people are getting too obsessed over the the metrics. I think that like. Um, like people like thinking about stack heights are thinking about them too uniformly. The st a stack height of like, for example, Phylon foam, the stuff that's in like the zoom streak, 20 millimeters of that is different than 20 millimeters of fuel cell foam is different than 20 mil millimeters of Zoomex foam, right? And so like, and 20 millimeters of Zoomex foam with a plate inside is different than 20 millimeters of Zoomex foam. Right. And so it all depends on what we're talking. It's like height, stack height of what what's in there, I think, is more important than the actual number itself. Um, so, like, I don't I don't have a sweet spot in height. You know, I don't care. Um, all I know is I depending on the use case of the shoe, there's a certain kind of things that I prefer. And it and it changes depending on the shoe. Um, but for drop. I their drop I do tend to have a little bit more of a preference. I used to be a ten millimeters guy, but like I find myself really enjoying eight millimeter shoes. Uh, it's kind of like something that I tend to enjoy more. Um, down to four, uh, below four, I don't have a problem with zero drop shoes. I just there aren't as many that I review. Um, but the most of the shoes that I review are in the four to eight range. And um, those are the shoes that tend, I tend to like. Um, for racing, like four to six for daily training, six to eight, six to 10 is tend to how, I, how I tend to like it. So, uh, yeah. All right, let me keep scrolling down to the bottom. I'm way behind you guys in the chat. Um, Dr. Funk1216 says, I had an impression that the Your From Pro 3 was getting a lot of love this year by YouTubers. I think it is. Um, I've found that I tend to not like the Endorphin Pro series as much as everyone else does. I just, I'm always like, it's so close to being a really fantastic marathoning shoe. But I still, I'm not sure yet about number three. I'll take it on a long run here within the next week to much more marathon effort but like it still seems so far to be a really great threshold workout shoe a really great like half marathon racer um versions one and two though just weren't soft enough for me to take the marathon distance i, I mean i could probably survive and do it but it wouldn't be ideal for me i think so that's kind of where i've always been on the endorphin series i'm really hoping that the pro three it does feel softer this year 
um, with the redesign. So I'm really hoping it's the shoe that I've been asking for <laughs> for the last couple of years. <laughs> Martha says, speaking of numbers, Co, I think it's good you don't use a scoring system. It seems to bring grief to some shoe tubers and it certainly doesn't influence me at all. Uh, yeah, I people ask me for like a number score all the time. Well, I think people have learned that I don't, don't do scoring. Um, and I think that it, uh, it, it injects a, an undue or unjustified sense of objectivity to something that is a, I think a subjective experience, right? I mean, even if you're like taking scores of like durometer and stack height and all this stuff and, and have like a, maybe you have a softness score in terms of what a material feels like. I feel like the shoe is more than the sum of its parts. Um, something that I talked about a lot in today's video was plate placement. Uh, and I'm talking about it even more in the next video, which will be about the magic speed too. So, I mean, I think that there's like a lot that goes into stuff that's more than just like metrics that you can like measure and objectify and then put into like a score. Um, I think that because people's feet and people's preferences are so different too, that it's more helpful to put things into like broader categories, you know? That's kind of like what I like. And then from there suggest like, all right, if you're worried about like, you know, this shoe or that shoe, go find a couple of different reviewers. There's tons of us out here. Um, and find someone that has to, tends to agree with you um, on shoes that you have experience with and kind of what does that person think? So that's kind of like what I think. I think that on another level, there is an, an element of like, you know, people just like to talk about shoes and we want to be able to talk about it. And it's like, or well, so what did you give that one? Oh yeah, this was my great shoe from like six years ago and I gave it a 7.8 out of nine, you know? Um, and it's like, but this shoe, new one, you're saying it's even better, but it's only got a 7.3 out of nine. How does that even make sense? You know, so it's funny to come to like have those like debates about for people that just want to talk about shoes all day long. But I feel like there's other ways to kind of talk about it, you know? So, um, so that's why I don't like to do the, the numbers. I mean, I've, I'm heavily influenced as well by Ginger Runner. Who, did he used to do scoring? He used to do scoring, right? Um, like on the different category, like the midsole, the outsole, and the upper. And then he switched to the by, try, or why a while back. So, like, I mean, I'm not the only one that's not putting numbers on things. So that's kind of how I feel about it. Jason Ram says, can you feel the zero drop as soon as you put it on? I can typically feel it in my medial ankles. I think it depends on the shoe. Um and the terrain. So like in the Lone Peak, can I feel it? Not that quickly, cause I'm, you know, you're running on trails in the Lone Peak, you know? Um, but if you are talking about like a Escalante, I can, I can feel it. I can also feel that the Vanish, the Ultra Vanish Carbon doesn't feel like a zero drop shoe to me. I feel like there's there's something funny going on in that shoe. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm not saying I could tell the difference between a four millimeter drop and a five millimeter drop, because again, there's in different insoles that are involved. There's different foams that are involved. There's some shoes that have multiple kinds of foam that are different in the heel versus in the forefoot that when measured, when the shoe is sitting on a table is one thing, but like when a foot's in it could be doing different things. So there's, you know, nuance to the conversation, but generally I can tell but I'm also highly, highly skeptical 
of anyone that's like, oh, well, you didn't like that shoe because you normally run in 10 millimeter drop shoes. It's going to take you three to five months of running in a four millimeter drop shoe and then graduating to a zero drop shoe. There's people that are out there that still have a straight face will tell me that. And I'm just like, ah, no, that's just not true. That's just not true at all. So, um, yeah, there's, I could feel it. I could feel it, but, um, I don't know where else. I'll, I just, maybe that was just a side rant on people that have been giving me a hard time on the internet lately. <laughs> um, Affluent Journeys wants to know, is the Primex worth $100 more than the New Balance? Uh, like a, the Super Comp Trainer? I think the Primex one, I, I thought I saw that it was uh, discounted. So I'm not sure that it's $100 more expensive anymore anyway. Um, but I also think that it depends on what you're using it for. So I think it like they're they're both tall stack height shoes, but they're tall stack height for different I think use cases. Maybe New Balance doesn't think of it that way, but I don't really think of the Primex being in the same category as the. Uh, I thought it was going to be. That's kind of like my mindset going into testing it. But after yesterday's long run, I don't think that it's like a Primex competitor as much as it is like um, a Puma Deviate competitor. Um, and so, or like even like a zoom fly competitor, you know, uh, a training companion to a racing shoe. And so like, yes, the tall stack height is headline grabbing, but, and I'm struggling because I think I've been doing this myself is to create a sub niche of thick boys, just like 40 millimeters and plus. But I think that like, is not is a misleading way of looking at it you know so i don't just because they're both tall doesn't mean they're both in the same type of shoe kind of and adam says as a format or primarily four foot striker the drop doesn't matter much to to him yeah i i, I could definitely see that um dr Vong 12 16 says are you going to do a video at the end of the year where you use a tie tier mark maker tier maker to rank all the shoes i'd watch the hell out of that video uh probably not i'm not super interested in that i will do like a top five um i usually start doing that like uh like a little bit before thanksgiving um i start putting that together you know i used to do it in december speaking of like competing with the other shoe tubers i used to do it in december so that way when there's no shoes out and people are like you know not running as much but maybe thinking about what shoes to buy as like christmas gifts i would do it then but believe in the run started doing their top five shoe categories in like october and so i'm like Ugh, i can't have mine come out two months later people are gonna think i'm plagiarizing so um i might do it a little bit earlier uh but yeah i the ones that where I rank like my top five favorites at the end of each year, um, th those videos usually do pretty well. They take forever to make, but um, it's a fun one to make. So I'll kind of I'll kind of do that. I'll talk about my favorites, and the ones that aren't in there, you know, anyone's free to ask me about where I think they might fit, kind of relatively speaking in the hierarchy. But, um, but yeah, like I know like Seth has his like matrix. That's like way too specific for. for I don't have the patience for that. I'm glad that he's doing it because someone should do it, but it's just, I don't, I don't want it to be me. Mm. 
Oh, uh, Rain Runner's here. She, <laughs> Rain Runner says, oh, I missed today. I was out walking the dog. Well, it was good to see you. Um, Stevie 76 says, Seth got flack when he scored the Mach 5 over the Speed 3. The Mach 5, though, is a really good shoe. <laughs> I don't. I didn't know that he ranked the Mach Five over the Speed Three, but I also think they're different categories of shoes too. So that's why I feel like you know it's like, okay, let's say I'm reviewing cars, right? Like I could think that like the F one fifty electric is like a, a nine out of ten. I could also say that like I don't know, uh, like the Audi RS in terms of sports cars is a nine out of ten. Does that mean I think that? the Ford F-150 electric is worth the same dollar for dollar as the Audi or can drive as fast as it or whatever. No, but like you gotta, I feel like you got a sandbox a little bit. Um, that's what I think, but you know, I don't know. I, he, he has got to do his scores what he does. And I think that like the best part about the scoring is that it creates controversy. It gives you something to talk about while it can also be helpful. Uh, for consumers that are looking for a way to kind of understand the market. I get that it's helpful to people. It's just um, not helpful for me to have to make it. But, you know, I'm glad it's out there. Is this Mach 5 better than Speed 3? I don't know. I have it. I haven't run in it yet. We'll see. <laughs> if I make the video and I think the Speed 3 is better than the Mach 5, one, I'll be surprised because I think the Mach 5 is excellent this year. It's the it's. I think my number, like in daily trainers, it's number two in the year. But if I think the speed three is better, I'll, I'll make the thumbnail. Seth was wrong. <laughs> uh, that'll be funny. Oh, man, the comments will be fiery on that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, let's do one more, and then I'll get going for today. Stevie76. Should there be a, like a, uh, should I let, I don't see, I don't like to lambast shoes, um, for being bad. Um, like I wouldn't want to do like a five biggest flops of the year. I don't even like to do a, like a, you know, here's the five best plus one like disappointment. Cause I mean, the people that made the disappointing shoe know that, that they made a disappointing shoe. And I don't, I mean, they work in hard. I don't want to hurt people's feelings, I guess. Um, but I guess maybe, I'll, maybe I'll ask that. In the and and you guys can do the dirty work for me, but top five smelliest shoes. Uh, I mean, those are basically the ones. Which ones breathe the worst? You know, because then your sweat gets in there, or if you're running through mud or a swamp, you know, like the Stearns Fen. Fen is another word for swamp. We learned right. Sometimes I'm running through like weird green muck. Uh, that stuff stinks. So like you know, I could I could make a list of top five smelliest shoes i don't think that it would necessarily be bad but i think that i think it would it'd be, it'd be kind of like pooping on shoes i guess a little bit dr Fong says can you send the companies a trophy who won um i thought about doing that last year should i do that this year or is that lame so i was trying to think i think marquez mkbhd i'm like i'm talking about him like i'm on first name basis mkbhd i think he used to like get dressed up and do like a thing right for his like for his awards at the end of the year um and made a video and i don't know if he sent the awards to them or not but i don't know maybe i'll maybe i'll make some awards this year i you know what if there's a local trophy shop in crystal lake like a like a like a little like store i can walk in like a mom and pop shop if there's a trophy shop maybe i'll i'll get some i'll make like best shoe of the year daily trainer my categories are daily trainer, 
racing shoe or carbon plated shoe, um, max cushion shoe, and then speed shoe. Like I'll do those categories. I'll send I'll send them. The thing is, some of these brands I don't know who to send it to. Like I I would know who to send it to at Asics. I don't know who I would. I guess I could reach out to the Asics account and be like, hey, can you send me? I have a package I want to e- I want I want to send to you guys. Can you give me an address? <laughs> but I'll try. I'll try. I'm gonna look for a trophy shop, and we'll see. We'll see what we can do. I think that'd be funny. It'd be great if it shows up like uh, on social, you know. So I'll send it. This is under embargo until the best of video drops. <laughs> All right, but I think it's a good idea. I'll try. I'll try. All right, that's a good place to leave it for today, guys. It's Friday. Hopefully, you have a, a great weekend. Um, have fun out there on your runs. Bring extra water or other hydration whatever you're drinking in your pack bring extra you'll thank me for it later all right have a great run out there i'll see you guys again on monday for the live stream same time as today i think we'll be able to do monday mukbang so i'm looking forward to that i got a bunch more food over there that i'm ready to test out um so i'll see you guys again be safe out there everybody thanks